0: Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics, is brought to you by Shortbox. That's right. Somebody wanted to partner with us. Shortbox is an app and a website for safely buying and
1: selling graded comic books. You can get it on iOS, Android, even a regular old computer. And they're trusted by the most respected dealers and collectors in the industries. And Shortbox trusts us. Therefore we have worth amazing uh
0: right now they're doing a giveaway where you can win a free copy of the dark Knight returns number one the 2018 printing signed by frank miller and Klaus jansen
1: <laughs> go to shortbox.com screw it to enter your email no purchase necessary to be in the running and that contest is going until March 10th 2022 download shortboxed today I will screw it, screw it, we're just comics to the-
0: Hello and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. The only podcast in human history where two brothers talk about something they like and that something is comic books. I'm one of the two brothers. My name is Will Hines. And the other brother, my name is Kevin Hines. And um, we're not just um, two guys. We're also uh, kind of comedians, sort of. I mean, funny sometimes. We do it sometimes. Um, Sometimes we make jokes in front of people. Yeah, and occasionally they have nodded their head and said, Yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah, that is, uh, I recognize that as a joke.
0: Oh, yes, I see what you're doing there, and I, I guess I approve. That's sort of the reaction we get. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going over The Dark Knight Returns. This is our fourth episode, and we're doing the fourth issue, uh, which is called The Dark Knight Triumphant. Also happens to be the final issue. And the final issue. Mm-hmm. Big finish. A big finish to one of our favorite comic books and one of the most sort of successful and influential um, publications in at least superhero comics. And I think it even transcends that.
1: Yeah, we're kind of those rare people that put Dark Knight Returns as one of the (laughs) best comics. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, So when we say it's one of our favorite comics, you know, we we, we, we found something. We we poured over the books and we said this one. We We, found a little hidden gem, a little diamond in the rough. Um, Uh, Everybody else might be raving about Spider-Man versus Carnage. Yep, uh, but not us. We've we found the lesser known Dark Knight Returns, and um, we're so excited to talk about it. Yeah, it's a fantastic finish. Uh, at the end of the last podcast, well, I asked you and I and our listeners mm-hmm. what um, the number three would be. If like yeah, Dark Knight if, and Watchmen are the one and two, uh, the one and two of like the '86 era. Uh, comic book change. Yeah. What is the third book that did that? Did we get any emails on that yet? Uh, no, we're pre-recording these well mm. ahead of time. So we'll get your answers later, but I want to know what Will's answer is now, a week or two after I asked. And also a night or two after I asked you. Okay,
0: yeah. I, what I thought at the time is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the number three. Now, oh, interesting. I know it's very different mm-hmm. in tone. Bat, Bat, Dark Knight and Watchmen have a lot in common, but and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is different. But it was like a revolution it basically it, launched black and white comics. It itself is a massive franchise that mm-hmm. is still popular to this day. Yeah,
1: I mean it's not different in the sense that it is inspired by Frank Miller. Oh yeah, Daredevil. Right. It is, an, it, especially I mean, obviously people often think of the CBS Saturday morning cartoon. I think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but those original comics were ninjas fighting. It was bloody. It was violent. Da- it's a
0: Daredevil parody. Yeah, um, or homage.
1: Yeah, I mean they were turtles with a rat sensei. Sure. But, uh, but uh, you know, Daredevil had a mentor yeah. named Stick. Yeah. The Turtles have Splinter. Right, and they fought the uh, foot, and Daredevil fought the hand. Yeah. So, and the um, chemicals that created the turtles were the same chemicals that blinded Daredevil and gave the him powers. Same chemicals. They bounce off Daredevil's head, go down into the sewers, and turn the turtles into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it is linked. Yeah, it's very linked. Um, that's so that's, a, that's a good answer. Yeah, I hadn't thought. I wasn't thinking. I didn't have an answer necessarily. Yeah. Um, like the things that jumped to my mind, and I don't even know the errors of these things. Like, uh, would be like Miracle Man or Swamp Thing, uh, that also mm-hmm, like really mm-hmm. pushed the right. Um, the age uh, targeting com- of what what age t- comic books were targeting. Yes, know, that's what I was thinking that's interesting. Um, but Teenage Ninja Turtles was as influential as Dark Knight Returns for sure, though we don't think about it because there isn't like a the storyline is not what we hold up people don't like those first those first four issues of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right man those are everything it's just like that first issue sold a bazillion copies somehow yeah uh didn't I don't even know if it did it just it was very popular and then they kept making more and more and more it probably got reprinted a lot the reason I was and in addition to just being popular and
0: fun like the black and white boom like after Turtles company started just publishing black and white
1: comics and often funny animal comics
0: yeah like duck police or sorry fish police mm-hmm.
1: and um i can't remember any others but um i don't know when you saw Gio jimbo started but it probably was helped by teen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and even it, though it uh, as a comic book it's just kind of held up as like oh this is more of a critically cool comic book and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is more of a commercialized comic book yeah so i, I don't know how that's true what i'm saying there yeah uh, but that's that would be, like, the vibe I think they both get. No, but a, they're both, like, animals
0: with swords. Right. Um, there, there was a comic book called Zot, which had ten color issues and then went to black and white. And Kevin and I are mm-hmm. big fans of Zot. And there was Tales from the Bean World, which was a p- very strange and yeah. niche indie comic Um, But the popularity of the Turtles sort of allowed an indie comics scene to flourish. Yeah. And a lot of creative things happened. And put eyes on the ones that already existed, I'm sure. Yeah, like Love and Rockets had existed already. Yeah. Was a black and white comic, but I think it probably was buoyed
1: by the Turtles. it it was probably, it was like a little bit of a creator uh, or collector, sorry, not creator, a collector boon too. It's like people were buying the first issues of a lot of independent comics because those might blow up and become the next. Turtles. (laughs) Turtles. Which meant lots of people were buying and reading those comics and giving them a boost so they could survive longer and maybe find an audience. Yeah. Um,
0: my other my other pick that's more along the lines of Dark Knight and Watchmen is Craven's Last Hunt by J.M. DeMattis, which we have talked about. Oh, yeah. When did that
1: come out? Uh, a little before, I think, like, 85? or. Oh, that's a good pick, though. That's a very weird Spider-Man book that it was not—it's not a miniseries. It, it spread across all the titles. Right. Though it maybe. had a— just, but, uh, I, uh, a creative team that stuck with it. It was the same creative team for every issue, um, and it was like the most modern or the most adult Spider-Man story.
0: Yeah, kind of like raised the bar of mm-hmm. how mature a story could be within the pages of Spider-Man. It stood out. It was it was dark and grim and violent. Um, sure. it was good. Uh, it was literate and deep. So it's more akin to Dark Knight and Watchmen. Yeah, not as big.
1: And it's a Marvel book, so that's sort of a... Uh, it balances the, uh, yeah. the uh, seesaw a little T-T- bit. Two DC books. Um, I mean, probably the answer might also just be Crisis or Secret Wars. Yeah, that's Right, that, right that, around the time. Those, those are the other things that were as big commercially as... But in a way, like, I feel like Watchmen and Dark Knight, while well, commercial hits, were also just sort of like legitimizing comic books. Right. Where Secret Wars and Crisis did not, did not do that. They sort of just sold... Yeah, they books. were just more like a marketing technique. And I would put Teenage Mutant Turtles maybe with those. If Good. that's the answer, if it's like this legitimate legi- makes it, comics more of a legitimate literature art form.
0: Teenage Turtles doesn't do. I don't that think so it much. does that,
1: right? I think that's more of a oh these sell. Okay, how about this then? I'll give you another pick. Uh, so Craven would fit, I think, because Craven while it sold is I think more of a oh this is Craven this, is this is is adult. Sort of, you could hand that collection to somebody and be like, "Here's a cool Spider-Man story." And they would probably be like, "Oh yeah, this is this is not what I expected. This is cool. Yeah, this is not for kids. Yeah, this is not Spider-Man fighting uh, the spot while, um, you know, uh, the uh, enforcers try to take him down. Yeah. yeah, this is something else.
0: So, my yeah, my um, my within superheroes pick is Craven uh, Turtles was one pick. If you do want something that legitimizes it, I might say Love and Rockets. It it has sure." faded in its sort of like prominence, but in the 80s, it was a critical darling, noticed by lots of people, was non-white creators with a lot of like Mexican-American influence and a lot of sex positive and queer influence way, way ahead of its time in that
1: regard. It probably more popular with female readers than anything the mainstream comics were doing. Yeah, definitely this comic we're reading now does not feel like. <laughs> Doesn't feel like it's, it's, it's reaching out and trying to appeal to female readers. So I'm sure it has a yeah. lot of female fans. Um, it's got male energies, how I would say it. Yeah. Um, when when was Sandman? When did Sandman? That, hey, I start? was thinking
0: Sandman. Well, that's '89. So,
1: so a couple of years later, but that might be the third prong hitting very late. That especially legitimizes if, especially comics if you want like mainstream. Yeah, and it was very it is, mainstream, critically and commercial
0: hit. still sells. Yeah. I think Salmon's my pick of all these, actually.
1: Uh, Love and Rockets, it's almost like there should be another category for like, what are the three indie books? Which would be Turtles, Love and Rockets, and something else. Yeah. Um, I don't know what. Yeah, I have no idea what the third one would be there. I don't think we are the guys to answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, mainstream, maybe it's Salmon, maybe it's a little bit later. Um, I mean, it, in that sense, I'd hate to say Swamp Thing because we already have an album or thing on there, but Swamp Thing sort of, Right, Swamp Thing 2. Set up. uh, uh Watchmen. Set up Sandman. Oh, yeah, set up Sandman. It also set up Watchman. Like, it gave yeah. Alan Moore a ramp up. And yeah. he did some things in Swamp Thing that he would do in Watchmen. But Swamp Thing and Constantine sort of begat Vertigo. Vertigo yeah. Which, so yeah, did Sandman. Sandman started before Vertigo. But, like, that sort of set up this little corner of DC where you could do those sorts of things. But it's probably Sandman. Sandman outshines... Swamp Thing and Constantine so much
0: alright so that's our answer we're gonna say that Dark Knight Watchmen even a little bit later Salmon was the third hit on this yeah. seismic changes to the industry I that mean, sold
1: and and legitimized comics and is still popular today what what throws us off is that these two books Dark Knight and Watchmen came out the same year but that is crazy nuts that shouldn't happen there wasn't like a third book in 1986 that did this and if it was it was Born Again I guess I mean it, yeah, it'd be by the same guys right um but if you wait a couple of years and like in a four-year span having three impactful books like that, that's pretty still pretty huge. If if Sandman was eighty-nine, as you're saying,
0: it's like the Beatles and Dylan were at the same time, and then mm-hmm. James Brown and you know uh, comes yeah. out like six years later. It's like uh,
1: I mean, maybe Sandman six. doesn't happen without Watchmen. Uh, that might be true, but Neil Gaiman is such a talent; he would have had something.
0: Yeah. So okay. Our pick is Sandman. Um,
1: solve that. Solve that problem.
0: We so, now, we, now in like a year when we publish this episode, we'll see what your answers are.
1: Yeah. So we are going to now uh, talk about the fourth issue, the fourth volume, the mm-hmm. fourth part of yeah. the Dark Knight Returns, where Superman uh, and Batman fight. Yeah. The the this h- is a fight issue. Who's stronger? Who's stronger? Hulk
0: or thing? Superman or Batman? The um the sort of very high level summary is Superman is the Antagonist. He is sent by the president to shut Batman down. Yeah. But also, because of a nuclear standoff with Russia, power goes out. And so Gotham plunges to a new low of crime and yeah. violence. And it's up to Batman to both save Gotham from a new low of crime mm-hmm. and stop Superman from stopping him.
1: Yeah. And also, the entire country is sort of going into this. But Gotham, of course, started lower. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, so the whole the whole country is sort of thrown into chaos. I just want to
0: say, I read this issue last night, and then I quickly glanced at it right here before we do this episode. Mm-hmm. This whole series—you never
1: read that issue before. You've I never read did, and I'm, I'm so
0: glad to know what happens. Yeah. I was, you know, because I really love those first three. I read them when I was 16, and I just finally got to that yeah. fourth you one. You just keep yeah, reading
1: those first three, and you're like, back I don't, back don't to want, issue want to spoil one, it. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, you got to save it, savor that last issue.
0: It was okay. Um, it's so dense. Mm-hmm. This one maybe more than all of them, like so much happens, like big epic events happen fast, and you're jumping between stuff.
1: Yeah, the the first issue was almost leisurely, even though it's like sixteen I thought, I thought it was densely pages. packed, but like on this
0: one, we have like a nuclear strike, Superman almost dies, a riot, a Superman versus Batman. There's mm-hmm. also holdups in the beginning where we see what's happened to the Splinter gangs. Yeah. The whole uh, resolution, he's escaping like, from the Joker. Uh, there's Al- Ellen Yindall goes through a transformation about Batman in this and issue. Gordon has this thing going on with Sarah, yeah. Like, it's a lot,
1: yeah. The first issue, I mean, obviously it's dense, but it's a lot of just like mood setting and background setting. Yeah, there's a lot about the storm, like, it, it's it, also world building. It's it, like, here's the way the future is in yeah, Gotham until you get to him as Batman. Yeah, I mean, that's there's not much happens. It's just sort of like it's it's setting that all up. And then like the last like 10 pages is him like taking down Two-Face seeing his reflection. Like that's where the denseness really, the the denseness of plot gets yeah. in and then it, that doesn't really let go. Yeah. And maybe just ramps up with each issue.
0: Before we get into the fourth issue, okay. what do you th- here's an interesting thing
1: I, I thought about. I you were going to take our break. I was like, let's start.
0: No. <laughs> um, this is something we should have asked in the first episode, but <clears throat> I thought about it and I don't want to miss this Here's the, What is the inciting incident of this story? What kicks things off? And the reason I ask that, and I'm going to tell you my answer first, and then I want to know what you think, okay. is there basically isn't one. Like, Bruce Wayne is just sick of being not Batman. Yeah. And he just, it, it has built up over time, and he's fed up. I mean, there really isn't a thing that makes him become Batman again. Right. So, uh, what do you think?
1: I mean, if it's anything, it's... uh, Two-Face on the news about to be released
0: Mm
1: -mm. Um, he sort of becomes Batman before Two-Face right does he become Batman before uh, uh, Two-Face vanishes Uh, I don't remember Two-Face vanishes and then like Two-Face is um, they're talking about him before he becomes Batman right he immediately vanishes when does that happen let's see Uh, yeah Two-Face vanishes before he becomes Batman so like Two-Face shows up to his cronies Batman is watching TV with Alfred and then he has this then Zorro is on TV and so I think it is basically I, I it, what it really feels like is like there's a supernatural need for Batman to, uh, to come back right and one of the symptoms is Zorro being on TV one of the symptoms is Two-Face when it, is a storm coming as another yeah, one yeah so it just everything sort of boils up and it just sort of happens but, I think that's but really in the plot it's like Batman is sort of following along with this Two Face thing, and he, you know, he says out loud, like, "We need to believe that our personal demon Harvey can Dent be- can be Harvey Dent again. We can, he doesn't need to be Two Face because I don't want to be Batman." Right. Uh, and then it seems like Two Face is Two Face, and so he becomes Batman. Yeah. And it's touch and go through that whole issue. Like he's in, it, like he's like, "Oh, maybe I'm going to die here. Maybe I'm going to die here. Uh, first I got to see if Two Face, if Harvey Dent has become Two Face again." Yeah. And then he looks at him he doesn't look like Two-Face, but he is Two-Face. And Batman's like, great, I'm Batman.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think you're right. Plot-wise, it's Two-Face being uh, corrupted again. Mm-hmm. and Instantly. Or not being curable. Right. Um, and But I do think the spiritual inciting incident is just Frank Miller is saying there is a primal need yeah. for Batman to exist. And Bruce Wayne can't stop it.
1: I mean, definitely he's having restless sleep before this 2 faced thing. He's down in the Batcave naked he's without a mustache. He's trying to drink. He's a mess. Yeah. He's drinking to forget he's Batman. Yeah. Um, I keep talking about Batman Beyond, but there's old Bruce Wayne in it. There's yeah. a great episode where um, the sound villain named Shriek. Okay. Uh, we don't know that's the villain of the episode for a while has made Batman think he's going crazy. Like he's hearing voices. Mm-hmm. And so he's like committed uh, to uh, Arkham. And uh, the new Batman, Terry McGinnis, is sort of out there trying to fight crime, but also like, is is my mentor crazy? He doesn't. Say, he thinks he's not, and he's Batman, so he probably isn't. But I haven't known him that long, and it turns out that like, there's some implant in him that was causing him to hear these voices. Hmm. And, and uh, uh, Terry McGinnis is like, well, how did you not? Why did you not doubt that maybe you were crazy? Because no one else could hear these things but you. Yeah. He goes, oh, the voice kept calling me Bruce Wayne. That's not what I call myself. <laughs> uh, and it's such a great little moment. Yeah, it's funny. And then Terry McGinnis' I mean, response is, I'm Batman now. <laughs> Batman doesn't respond to that because I don't think he agrees. <laughs> uh, but it was like a very cool moment. He's like, oh, yeah, this voice. My inner monologue would never call me Bruce Wayne.
0: That's really fun.
1: It was really cool. Um, oh no, let's get was, into this was issue. a cartoon for kids. <laughs> cartoon for kids. Now let's get into a comic very
0: much not for kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. So as we open, the my, Joker is my dead. My son has not read any more of it since Thank the last time we talked. Thank gosh. I'll put it in his room so he can get... <laughs> Fully ruined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, give, oh, co- I said the Dark Knight I'll give him this and... I'll give him this and Kissy Fur.
0: It's called The Dark Knight Falls. I said Dark Knight Triumphant. That is issue two. Right. This is Dark Knight Falls. Um, sorry, everybody. All right. The Dark Knight Falls. So we open. The Joker is dead. Batman is by the body. Even though he did not technically kill the Joker, he did mm-hmm. maim- uh, paralyze him. And then the Joker finished the job.
1: And it looks like he killed him. because The cops are coming him.
0: in. People saw him
1: breaking his neck. Yeah. And now Joker's dead. uh,
0: So Batman's about to get pinned for the death of Joker, which is going to, you know, the cops already want to arrest him. This is going to, this is going to seal his fate with the legal authorities. Um, So he's got to escape from Ellen Yindle's, Ellen Yindle and her and the Gotham police. And so, and he's badly wounded. He's been shot in the gut and stabbed multiple stabbed multiple times in the gut. So, He is uh, struggling to get out. So it's like a lot of bat gimmicks, like little bombs and thermite and smoke
1: things. Yeah, he mentions that the incendiaries are in place. The enemy is seconds away. I waste one second with a goodbye. And he spits on the Joker's face. Yeah. Um, Yindel is again shown to be very smart because one of the soldiers reaches over to examine the Joker and she screams, Sergeant, don't touch it. Like, she just knows. This is a trap there. And there is a trap. A,
0: like, bomb goes off and it sets the cop on fire and the Joker's body on fire. Yeah. And the fire is spreading, which gives Batman a little time to escape. Outside, Robin, who is still traumatized from having
1: fought the bomb maker and watched yeah. him decapitate himself. She's in the same panel uh, position as she, when we last saw her, sort of sobbing uh, in shock. Um, she
0: sees the news copter and she lets Batman know, trouble boss, attention as in media. And Robin is on camera. And so now the public knows there is a Robin. Yeah. They think it's a boy.
1: But also Batman calling her snaps her out of whatever's going on. She kind of snaps back into um Work business. competence. Her yeah. her extreme, extreme competence.
0: Um Robin uh leaps off the roller coaster, has called the copter. Um uh, the, the, the automatic helicopter is going to come get Robin. Meanwhile, Batman is running through the Tunnel of Love using smoke bombs to evade the cops. He's setting up some plastique bombs, mm-hmm. and he's got a gun from somebody. I think he grabbed it from Yindel. He punched Yindel in the face and grabbed
1: her gun, and he's going to use it to ignite some plastique. Right. I mean, he is weak, and uh, it's hard shot. Like, he makes a comment. It's like, easy shot. Anybody could hit it. Then he blacks out for a second. Uh, fires, misses, clumsy, clumsy, stupid, senile. Uh, but that also alerts him to where he is, but then he makes the shot just with just enough time, this explosion hits, kind of knocks this cave down. <laughs> I guess it's a real cave in this uh, carnival. It's a high-budget theme park. Like, yeah. they carved into a real mountain, a cavernous tunnel of love. I mean, it's the sort of theme park I would want to go to if it wasn't in the most crime-ridden city <laughs> in the world, fictional and real worlds. And um, the Bat Copter, so there's chaos,
0: there's things exploded. Batman is hurled out of the tunnel of love by the explosion.
1: The Bat Copter summoned by Robin is coming in. Yeah, Batman thinks to himself, I knew she'd make it. I might have at her age. Like he can't get away without her. This is the second and or third time that Robin has, third time, Robin has saved his life. Right. Um, she also is a master
0: of this copter. Uh, property damage auto, which is her cue for the copter to just bomb some cars. They're just yeah. looking to create chaos and get out. She's she grabbed onto the wheels of this thing as it kind of flew by the roller coaster, and then she uses a lariat
1: to lasso Batman and somehow pull him up. It. And- I mean, I couldn't lasso anyone. No, I couldn't tie a good knot. Even oh. if I could lasso somebody, if I threw the rope around you, will it would untie. The minute anybody in superhero comics lifts their arms above their head, I'm like, I'm out. Like, I couldn't do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, So she, they get away. She doesn't really lift him. I think he's just tied to the landing gear, so the helicopter lifts him up. I mean, it looks painful what happens to Batman, but he gets away. So they get away. Um,
0: now we kind of cut – now we have to like – so, you know, Batman goes back to the cave and he's got to be like tended to because he got like so massively hurt. So we check in on Gotham. Clark Kent is talking to – federal officials about something. There's also a report on the news of how there was an assault and some Batman-like figure like attacks the assaulter, and it's not Batman. It is the children of the Batman. Yeah. Like, there's a little just self-appointed Batman gang attacking criminals way more violently than even violent Batman would.
1: Right. Uh, Alfred is saving Batman's life through his uh, amazing surgical skills. Alfred... Yes. I had some, like, army training in surgery, but he has become... A master surgeon. A master
0: surgeon. Uh, just like Batman has used technology that could really improve the world, but he uses it to, like, catch the Riddler. Yeah, Alfred would be the greatest doctor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another, another sequence in Gotham, we see that there is a gang called the Nixons. Which There's you, all these gangs you, that have sprung up. The
1: Nixons it. are also an offshoot of the Mutants, I believe.
0: But they are bad guys. The children of the Batman, they consider themselves good guys. Although they commit murder. They just murder the—they're like Dexter, right? They, like, murder the murderers. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so there's kind of a war between the splinter gangs.
1: There's also a bunch of the original mutants who have not splintered off in jail.
0: Yep. Um, we, th- this is where the density of the story picks up. At the same time that this is happening, the president, the Ronald Reagan-ish president, announces that— Thanks to Superman, we won in Corto Maltese, but the Soviets are bad losers and they have fired a missile at Corto yeah, Maltese. It's a
1: very funny sequence because the president, Ronald Reagan, is in space. He's in like an astronaut's suit in a space station or in a shuttle. Yeah. Uh, so like when he comes on the news for this press conference, he is like, it's always that joke. Like, it's oh, this thing is happening. The president is safe while well, we're all in danger and they're talking about it. And it's like generally it's like they're in a bunker or someplace. Yeah. He is not on the planet. Right. <laughs> He's run so far away. Uh, it makes him seem cowardly, in a way that, like, obviously, I would want. You want the president to be uh, safe. Yeah, you want your leader to be safe during a war. You don't but want it looks there to a be little a bit war, like a rat. Yeah, if you're off planet, though, it just seems like oh, you <laughs> yeah. little.
0: Could not make the announcement before he got on the rocket. Ship? Yeah. So uh, the Soviets have fired a missile. Clark hears this and flies off, and he, as Superman, is going to stop the missile or try to. And, um, so the, the sequence where we go into this and we. It's like there's a sequence of Superman stopping the missile. He deflects it. He gets it to explode over a harmless desert. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, and there's an astronaut or military team in space monitoring the missile who narrates our way through this. It's not a normal missile. Mm -hmm. It's not just like a big explosion radioactivity thing. It is some kind of huge electromagnetic pulse designed right. to cut the power in a huge area and yeah. it does right I think
1: all nuclear missiles do generate some bit of emp pulse but this one is built to that's its primary purpose it seems like it generates a huge emp pulse like the the the, the explosion the nuclear explosion is Trivial. almost like the after effect of trying to do this big emp pulse it's explained as this kind of goes on that uh, from batman as well as some scientists that maybe the idea is this This pulse knocks out all control across the country so that if the Russians then shoot at us, we can't shoot back. So there's not mutual destruction. There's just our destruction, which is honestly frighteningly smart. Yes. Uh, and I think like, our missiles are probably protected from EMP pulses. So I mean, I, work I don't know. This is, this, this is the
0: kind of thing that you were, I would argue, we were scared of in the 80s all the time. Like just some variety of Russia or America trying to blow each other up.
1: Not me. I'm brave.
0: You were brave, but I was a coward. Um, so power goes out, I think, in the whole country. But for the purposes of our story, go- power goes out in Gotham. Not just like... Power goes out. Like, you can't turn a generator on.
1: Right. Uh, Watches are dead. Like, all electronics are broken. Planes
0: are crashing. Cars can't run. Um, So this is going to create a night of intense crime in Gotham City. Also, Superman was in the explosion. Uh, He diverted this missile but wasn't able to get away in time. He's caught in the explosion and
1: hurt badly. Yeah. And Gordon is out picking up groceries for his wife uh, when this happens as well. When, like, the lights go out and chaos erupts.
0: Uh, All hell breaks loose because of the EMP pulse. The jail loses power, so the mutant gang that we just saw in jail can just, like, grab the cop and get his gun and break out. Um, Looting just seems to begin. A plane crashes into a building where Gordon
1: watches. Right, and the plane crashing into a building sort of makes people think that there's more bombs coming. Yes. They think they're being bombed when it's really just another tragic thing happening because the plane also has lost power. And Later on, they make a comment that they're lucky only one plane hit Gotham. Um, right. Uh, the children, oh, we see that
0: Batman in the midst of this, he immediately, when power, when power is lost in Wayne Manor and the generators and go on, he figures out what's going on immediately in that like weird Batman way that he just figures stuff out, orders Robin to go to the stables. We don't quite know what that means. Then we see a a shot of Robin on the
1: horse. There's a bit where Bruce Wayne says, Wayne Manor's emergency generator hasn't kicked in and Robin's watch has stopped. I'll assume Russia has taken the lead in the arms race. I keep track of these things, Clark. One of us has to. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah, so they get on horses. Robin's never ridden a horse before. She even comments, This is really dangerous that she's like riding a horse full speed through the city of Gotham.
0: I think not as dangerous as her riding a roller coaster around and using a slingshot to stop a guy from
1: choking her. She was good at that. So uh, the children of Gotham are also ready to purge and raise. Right, let's slow down because I like to read this part. Like, this is the, the sons of Batman are making this big speech to, to each other, and one of them is screaming, Gotham City is helpless. This is our chance to raise Gotham, to purge Gotham. Then there's a big
0: no speech balloon at the bottom of the page and you turn it. And this is one of the best, I think, drawings in the entire series. Batman on a black steed rearing uh, its front legs up and... uh, The caption is, The Dump. It's a breeding ground for insects and rodents. Some rodents fly. Yeah. Good reference Um, of the
1: bat. We got to Gordon for a bit, but then after that, Batman's speech continues, uh, and it's really fun. He's, like, breaking a rifle. This is the weapon of the enemy. We do not need it. We will not use it. Although
0: I did an issue, too. Let's not remember that.
1: Our weapons are quiet, precise. In time, I will teach them to you. Tonight, you will rely on your fists and your brains. Tonight, we are the law. Tonight, I am the law. Let's ride. And the guy, who, the Children of Batman guy
0: who was calling the shots looks a little pissed that he's no longer in charge, right? Yeah, but he gets a horse, so then he's happy. <laughs> um, we Robin's captions are in yellow, just his voice, just him. And he has basically, with this one speech now, marshaled the Children of Batman to stop just shooting people, stop killing people, but be his muscle to keep peace in Gotham.
1: yeah. Uh, Gordon, the star of the book, is out uh, <laughs> in the city and almost has a little heart attack. Like he, he, he kind of collapses for a bit and is clutching a pole. Uh, sometimes I forget, and I, th- I think he dies in this comic because, like, so many things just sort of end. Right. Uh, so I'm always like, up oh, here goes Alfred, uh, here goes Gordon, rather. Uh, but he doesn't. He fights it off, uh, and then he's going to begin kind of trying to quell the riot. Locally where he is, too, because Gordon is, again, the greatest hero in the Batman universe. <laughs> but
0: he's not really—so a riot's broken out. Like, the mutants have broken out of jail. The people who were ready out are panicking. There's fire spreading. Um, there's all We assume all these other splinter gangs, I guess like the Nixons, are yeah. running amuck. So Gordon is not really able—he's shouting orders. They're not listening
1: to him. People are panicking. Well, he gets them. He basically pulls out his gun because uh, it's Gotham, and that gets them to start listening. And once they calm down— they sort of form a line. They fill Well, some actually, buckets.
0: what happens first... They're in separate places.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so if you're going to talk about the Batman stuff, that's somewhere else. Oh, okay. Gordon sort of is dealing with a fire where the plane crashed. I see. And Batman's doing other stuff. So Gordon kind of pulls out his gun, gets him to start listening. It's this cool sequence. And we'll go back to the Batman thing in a second. Um, two nurses show up out of nowhere. They don't have a damn thing to work with. The ones they can't comfort, they get drunk. A hard hat grabs a lug wrench from the back of his dead truck and smashes open a fire hydrant. The man at the hardware store puts his shotgun away and empties paint buckets all over his new tile floor. A line forms, and they show them using these paint buckets to form like uh, a a, bucket brigade. A bucket brigade, so they can put out this fire. Uh, Pulse is steady, no problem, no sign of Sarah. So he's worried about his wife during all this. And I think is it her building or it's near her building, near their building. Anyway. Um, so he's able, Goth, so Gordon is able to quell his area and get it together. Yeah, he's not Batman; he can't quell the whole city, but his like little immediate area, he gets them putting on a fire, which in and of itself is the most heroic thing ever done.
0: At the same time, we're cutting; and it is confusing. We're cutting back and forth between Gordon and Batman. I can see now the Gordon stuff's all in black and white, and the Batman pages are the yeah, panels he's, are colored, he's
1: covered in smoke. They're in a cloud of. Um, fire. So the
0: mutants break out of the jail and they start running amok. but they are they, Batman and the children of the Batman confront them batman throws like a little fistful of his little throwing star things batarangs into one and he basically says join us i'm here to appeal boys girls i'm here to appeal to your community spirit i'm sure you're all eager to help yeah and yindal is watching this
1: yeah it's a fun sequence i love that that those two panels it's a longer sequence in the movie which we just watched yeah Um, they put a little more into that like there's a guy kind of fighting back and all these other things. It works really well in the movie, but I also just, there's, there's not room for it in this comic. There's just there's so much. There's so much to cover. And we cut to Superman, who is a... Uh, uh, like before basically. that, I just
0: want to say that Yindel is watching Batman talk to the mutants. And Merkel, the number two commissioner, we, and Yindel basically tells the cops to stand down. No, no, he's too big. And that's here? Is f-
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, right there I, on the next page. I missed it.
0: Um, so Yindel is being won over that, like, working with Batman is better than trying to stop him.
1: And he's too big is a callback to Gordon's story from last issue where he talked the story about FDR being too big and World yeah. War II being too big. Like, you can't. She's like,
0: the, this Gotham's problems are too big for a police force to solve alone. We
1: need this yeah. mythic force. And he is not a big enough. Like, he's not a, he's too big, but he's also not the threat. Right. He is a. He is breaking the law and he's doing something wrong, but he's not the threat. He's not the biggest issue. Like leaving him alone is better for Gotham in the long run is what she's sort of dawning on her. Then we
0: cut to Superman and we see him in the fire caused by the nuclear missile. And he's basically like
1: emaciated. He's and like a flying zombie corpse, he looks like. A little uh, scarecrow Superman. Um, lightning, uh, like lightning from the storm is around him. He's basically f- floating. Um, he's struck by lightning struck by lightning eventually but on this first page he is not and he's basically like his narration is basically like about him dying Uh, they can split the very fabric of reality talking about us people blast a hundred thousand tons of sand into the sky blotting out the source of all my power the hope for screaming millions magnetic storm you have every reason to be outraged mother earth you have given them everything they are tiny and stupid and vicious but please listen to them Please, I am slow and dying. I need only reach the sun. And then uh, lightning strikes and him. And then lightning strikes him and he collapses on the ground. That's have, kind of weird thing. I have always loved you. Though I was born a galaxy away, I have always served you. The same power, the sun's power, fuels us both. You hold it here. You store it. I beg you for a suffering world. Release it. Mother. Mother. And he grabs on a sunflower. Yeah.
0: Puts his little emaciated hand on it and somehow, like, sucks the energy out of it into it his body.
1: Sucks, like, the sun's energy from the earth. And, like, all around him, these plants die. And he, like, kills everything around him because he needs the energy that they also need. You are so generous. You give me your beautiful jungle. I swear your adopted son will honor you. And I mean, the last caption goes into blue, too, like... He's fully healed because it's all gray before then. Um, And we see Superman begin to
0: physically heal. It's a crazy sequence. Like, it is really beautiful. Lynn Varley's red tone of the magnetic storm is hypnotic. It's a big, spacious pan There's a series of big, spacious panels, which is um, a breath of fresh air visually. But, like, what a heightened, insane move. Hit him with a nuclear bomb. Almost kill him. Then he sucks. This is, like, two and a half pages Mm -hmm. sucks energy out of a sunflower while giving the speech where Superman is inwardly addressing earth yeah, and talking to her like a goddess that a goddess that he serves.
1: Yeah. It's very Frank Miller. It's really cool. Yeah. Like Superman loves earth.
0: I like that. This is, this is the model of Frank Miller. Like they're, 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 you know, you get your Matt fraction comics these days and they're, they trade on being naturalistic and chatty and sort of, Casual in a way that's I love Matt Fraction Comics. Right. Natural really and
1: realistic. Fun. Like sex criminals. The story of someone who uh, when they <laughs> orgasm time stops. Well a very grounded story. The dialogue is very natural <laughs> the, the
0: dialogue is real chatty and just kind yeah, of tarantino which is Like, hey, what's your favorite apple? I like Fiji. What, what are you talking about? And um Miller, nobody is nobody is natural. Everybody is like, you know, I pick up the whiskey glass and it reminds me of the cold in my heart or whatever. Yeah. Uh
1: yeah. then we spend a few pages on we a should,
0: r- we should take a break here. Oh yeah. Superman coming back is a
1: good chance for a break. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics this partnered with ShortBoxed. ShortBoxed is an
0: app and a website where you can safely buy and sell graded comics online. They're trusted by
1: the most respected dealers and collectors in the industry. As part of our partnership, we're going to be doing periodic giveaways. Uh, their first giveaway is Dark Knight Returns number one. This is the 2018 foil cover edition, but it's signed by Frank Miller and Klaus Janson, and it's graded 9.8. It's worth over three hundred dollars on most uh, things that value those sorts of things.
0: Nice. So to enter this contest, go to shortboxcom it and enter your email. That's going until March 10, 2022. Everybody, go ahead and do it. It's free. No purchase necessary. They will send you a coupon with a fifteen dollars of credit if you want to buy something at Shortbox but that's up to you.
1: Yeah, but if you get a coupon, you got to use it. That's a law.
0: You got to use all your coupons. Yeah. Kevin, if you were going to buy something from Shortbox today, what might you go shopping for? You can get anything you want. I'm going to get something...
1: With a piece of like gold oh, attached to it? Yes, or, I should Yes, um, I should have said
0: you can't make those kind of conditions. You have to actually just pick a comic book that you want for the comic I see, itself.
1: I see. So nothing with secret riches or a treasure map. That was my next choice.
0: I don't think they have such things on Shortbox.
1: I don't know. I haven't looked at every listing.
0: I haven't searched for hidden jewels on the app, but mm-hmm. I assume that's just not one of the comics they have.
1: Well, if I can't ask for one with a treasure map in it, I will ask for Amazing Spider-Man 18 i believe hmm. that's the the middle of the cowardly spider-man arc i guess i'm gonna dub it right now okay so 17 is the one where he runs away from a fight with the green goblin because he hears aunt may is in the hospital and 19 yeah. is where he suits up again and fights but 18 is the issue in between where he spends the whole issue like hiding from action <laughs> yeah uh, because he can't risk hurting himself while aunt yeah. may depends on him so much and it is so fun yeah uh, if nothing else just for jonah jameson's pure happiness <laughs> I remember it I mean when we covered
0: all the spidey issues I remember we sort of discovered like oh this little three issue run is a great mini arc back in the original amazing spider-man issues
1: yeah uh, it's it's so fun it's so I think about it a lot uh, mine would be
0: fantastic 4 232 this is the first issue that was written and drawn by John Byrne and I love it I I love that whole era of fantastic 4 I love that issue in particular so it's got kind of personal you know significance to me me diablo is the villain i just remember thinking it's really fun i would i would get that issue
1: you love potion-based villains
0: they're uh they're my weakness what can i say
1: uh, that is a great run john burns whole run. it's just it's something both new and classic about it at the same time it's just so great
0: glad you started talking because i was trying to think of other potion-based villains and i was really <laughs> coming up short
1: i gotta hope there isn't one but <laughs> th- i mean there probably is so everybody um please
0: enter the contest and download the app and uh check it out
1: let's get back to the show now
0: All right, let's do it. And we are back. Superman's back. We're back.
1: Yeah, uh, and then we spend a few pages basically with a riot breaking out. And I think when I was talking about the animated movie with Batman's speech to everyone's civic community spirit, uh, sort of combined this riot with that section. Mm. So they still use that space in this comic. The the
0: high level summary of the next couple pages is. We see the, the civilians of Gotham rioting and looting, and Batman with his two gangs, mutants and the children of the Batman, on their horses show up and bring order.
1: Yeah, they tie everyone up. They throw everyone down. A couple people are jerks about it. Most people are nice. Uh, Gordon sees somebody come out of a building during all this, out uh, of the burning building, and he thinks it's Sarah, his wife, for a moment. Yeah. Uh, she dies, and he freaks out, but it wasn't her. She isn't Sarah. I don't know her. Uh, it was too late to help her. Still sad. Somebody dies, but he, part of him is grateful that it wasn't his wife. Uh, I'm, I, we're going to come back to something on this page. But then a moment later, Sarah comes behind him. Turns out Sarah had gone to the grocery store. Turns out Sarah forgot to tell me she needed milk. One more thing. The thing he'd sort of been complaining about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Series is that she always needs something else and they always have to run out to the store. And I lo- saved her life. I love this drawing her in of her. In front of the flames. There's
0: a silhouetted drawing of Gordon just kind of grabbing her with such... Uh, Force, passion, or ferocity that she drops the milk she went to get. There, a wall of flames behind them as the background. Yeah, um,
1: silhouettes are really used really well in this comic. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's it's great that she's still alive. We never see Sarah in this comic. Um, uh, there's also a moment just before that, though, during this Batman quelling the riot. It's all sort of intercut, so it's so hard to follow. Yeah. Where one of my favorite panels in this issue is Robin narrates. We only see Robin in in the silhouette. We see sort of Batman behind her. Uh, And Robin says, it's only once in the whole night that it shows. He's given orders and all the mutants and SOBs and everybody are gone for a minute. He just sags in the saddle like an old man. Then he straightens up and grins at me like it's funny. He can't die. (laughs) Uh, It's really cool that one that he, they remind you that he's old and not really shouldn't be able to do all this. Yeah. And that Robin sees it. Like, yeah. that Robin is a witness to it. She's part of this. And she saved him three times. She knows, like, he isn't immortal. He's not invincible. She's part of the reason he's still alive. Uh, it doesn't stop her believing in him. But it's such a cool humanizing moment. And I'll, I'll admit I've the terrible sequels that maybe we'll talk about when we wrap these up that Frank Miller has done to this book. Um, I have only read them once, so I have not given them their due diligence. Mm-hmm. But they, they are lacking that aspect of it. They just feel... Uh, absurd and over the top and superhuman. And there's no humanity. There's no panel of Batman. Uh, uh, call it collapsing in my mind, and then Robin sort of seeing that. Like that's such a human little moment. And it's yeah. so it's so critical, I think, to this book being cool.
0: He's and all he's all hyperbole and no no humanity. That Frank Miller seems like is what's happened.
1: Right. The riot is quelled though. There's talk of like some of these people who were fighting earlier helping each other, uh, but then there's a line where one of the people kind of I, I assume narrating this like the news crews. Though they're not in television sets, um, he talks about somebody who came to help him. He was at my side till morning, helping the burned. But of course, there wasn't any morning.
0: Right, and so we move now into the sort of last section of the book. The, the this would have been a great time to take a break. You're right. We should, we did it too soon. I blew it. I blew it. Um, the basically the bad night has been quelled. Like Batman and Gordon. Um, kept order enough that Gotham did not fall into just complete rioting and looting. But the next morning, there is no morning. The nuclear bomb has prevented uh, the sun or is, has there's so much smoke and soot that you don't see the sun and it's snowing, but that is important to our story because it sets the gloomy scene for the final confrontation, Batman versus Superman.
1: Yeah. uh, I guess, I don't know if this was in the comic and the movie, they mentioned that like, the whole country was sort of in chaos and Gotham was the most had the most order. And the reason is Batman. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we hear about the kind of what the aftermath of this Superman is meeting with Reagan. Um, yeah. And he's basically being urged to take down Batman who saved Gotham, but he's just too public now. Yeah um and then well, the thing we've all been waiting for Oliver Queen the former green arrow <laughs> shows up in this book it's been foreshadowed in every issue
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right there's been no hint that he would arrive <laughs> and yet here he is um he basically wants in on it he says that he's just been keeping busy but a low profile as opposed to gotham as opposed to batman I,
1: and i think there is a line in the movie early on where they mention Oliver Queen to i think foreshadow this moment that sort of comes out of nowhere but yeah green arrow who's sort of a loudmouth liberal uh, kind of character who screams at heroes for like holding themselves above the uh, man yeah. on the street. Like that's sort of his thing. Shows up and tells Batman, hey, you're probably going to take Superman down. I want a piece. <laughs> let me in on this fight. <laughs> and Green Arrow is lost an arm at some point. He's, so he's one armed. One armed Archer. And he's like, let me in on this fight. And Batman's like, okay. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. It's a very funny thing. It probably is a simpler story if Green Arrow is not in it. But who cares? It's fun. Um, Superman basically
0: goes to Gotham and using his heat vision, uh, carves a note in the ground that says where in flames yeah. at Bruce's feet and Bruce looks up and says crime alley.
1: Superman's basically saying, you know, I'm taking you down. Where do you want it to happen? We, we, yeah, you know, I'm coming to get you. But he's but he does respect Batman. Batman is fine. He could take him down right here. Yeah. If Superman did that, this fight's over. Right. he come down, grab Bruce Wayne, fly away, problem solved. <laughs> or Superman's problem is solved. Yeah. But he won't do that to Batman. He's saying, you name the time and place, and we'll do this.
0: Yeah. I don't know. There's respect there. Yeah. It's good. It's very exciting. Um, I think part of the fun of reading this is you get under Frank Miller's spell of like yeah. heightened good and evil and heightened respect. And it's like real tough guy, almost like w- the honor of war or something. And, um, it's really not normally my jam. I got to say, like, I don't normally go for that kind of story. Um, but I love it here. Some, some this, this book has the right balance of stuff that I am sucked right in. I oh,
1: mean, I love this kind of stuff always. Uh, Batman then starts preparing for this. He's like building himself an exosuit. He takes a pill at one point. He said, we don't know what that's for, but he says. timing must be exact. In one hour at midnight, a grand death. Um, and then we see
0: him like kind of doing some kind of weird welding thing. This one, you won't believe Clark, my best trick, but we
1: don't really know what he's planning. Yeah. There's also, uh, the news reports are talking about how the area around Crime Alley has been sort of evacuated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And nobody can get in there. The media can't get in there. No one knows why. Rumors fly. Army helicopters hover over the empty streets of Crime Alley. Is this a military effort to capture the Batman? Or is this the final battle between two Titans, the last stand for the Cape Crusader, facing the might of the Man of Steel, and then the television uh, broadcast is interrupted and taken off the air by the government? (laughs) They can't say Man of Steel. They can't mention Superman on the air. She tried. She tried. um, So... Now we get into the final battle. Superman uh, approaches. Right before that, uh, or I guess during this approach, Robin asks, she doesn't know what's going on. She talks to Batman. Everything's in position, boss. Like, maybe it's time you told me the plan? I mean, you're going to die or what? Batman's response? Figure I will. Which is very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Superman has now approaching Gotham. Um, and the first thing that happens is he sort of... Uh, And Batman narrates what's happening. That's right, Clark. Scan the area. Bathe it with x-rays. Activate those six Hunter missiles I worked so hard on. Um, And he's testing Superman to see how strong he is post being hit by a nuclear bomb.
0: And he is weakened, Batman observes. I want to see how much of you survived that nuclear explosion. He'd have to be at full speed to dodge them. He isn't. I watched them kick him around for a minute. I've had worse times.
1: Mm -hmm she enjoys watching Superman get hurt. Superman is giving him all this respect. Batman does not give Superman any. Uh, Alfred's also working on something. Well, you see it. It's a destruct sequence activated. Yeah, but I don't read that stuff as a, as a reader. I just skim through it. Uh, okay, so we don't know what's going he's on. He's at a computer doing some stuff. Yeah, he's getting ready to blow up uh, the Batcave and also Wayne Manor.
0: Um, Batman as uh, Superman sort of lands in Crime
1: Alley and sort of near
0: him but batman's like he hits the ground on schedule one Al- block from alfred me.
1: tells a fun story about reading the purloined letter to bruce yeah and he uh, when bruce was a child okay he listened in silence as finishing the tale alfred explained the importance of mr poe's contribution to detective fiction then with a voice like steel so frightfully formal his dark eyes flashing master bruce asked no demanded the killer was caught and punished <laughs> alfred assured him that the villain had met justice Bruce slept like a boy. <laughs> I love that. That's insane, but I love it.
0: Um, uh, so, yes. Yeah, so he knows he observes that Superman is breathing fast. Mm-hmm. Um, he hits him with uh, looks like a tank, like bazooka, rocket launcher, kind of mortar. Yeah, from the Batmobile. The charge could sink a battleship. I think he feels it.
1: Yeah, um, it comes out of the Batmobile. Superman picked up the Batmobile, which, again, is a tank. Yeah. Uh, Rips open the side. Robin's in there with her slingshot.
0: Yeah. Superman. Isn't tonight a school night? No way is he going to hurt Robin. Yeah. Superman's a good guy. Yep, he is. Batman would have broken her arm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next panel, we see Superman descending right to where Superman is. This is maybe my favorite panel in all four issues.
1: The silhouetted Superman. I don't think so. Yeah, I know. I, I. You've come close to saying it's that. True, it's thing. true, it's true. There's you, you said variations of that same thing. Like this is I the think best this is panel, number one, panel, This is the best splash. This is your favorite person. I think this panel. is it. This
0: is number one. All right, fair enough. Um a silhouetted Superman with a red cape descending on Batman who's at the the street light where his parents were killed, um, plugged into the plugged into the street lamp somehow. Like Batman's exoskeleton, there's cables going from it to the to
1: the lamp. Right. Batman narrates now he's talking, trying to reason with me. I can't hear him, of course. No, my ears are protected, so all I have to worry about is my teeth. <laughs> Pulls up a gun and
0: fires some kind of sonic thing at Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all I have to worry about is my teeth rattling from my jar, shattering like every window on the block when I hit him with the sonic. A nosebleed. So, so Superman gets a nosebleed from this. A nosebleed so soon, Clark. Don't drop now. The night is young and I have so much planned. Of course, Superman is not
1: going to really lose this fight. (laughs) Um, But but we find out Batman is basically tapped into Gotham and taking all of its power to power his suit so that he can at least match Superman a little bit. um, Yeah. So
0: Superman approaches Batman to hit him. Batman grabs Superman's head and... Channels the electricity, I guess, of Gotham City's power grid into mm. Superman's head. And yeah. it does seem to stun and at least temporarily subdue Superman.
1: For like a split second, Superman immediately gets up. Bruce, this is idiotic, his narration says. Well, he gets like one big punch in, right? One big punch, but he gets right back up. Bruce, this is idiotic. You're just bone and meat like all the rest and rips off the helmet of the suit. <laughs> yeah, so Superman is not really in danger of losing this.
0: Not yet. Um, despite the, the battleship charge and the sonic gun and the electricity he's still holding on, mm-hmm. he rips the helmet off Bruce, like you said. The army, we're seeing that the army is
1: not going to interfere. But they're trying to uh, do something with the Batmobile.
0: Yeah, they sort of examine the Batmobile and it, like, activates.
1: And then Robin inside gets a message from Batman. Robin, this is a recording.
0: Uh, by now, Clark should be too busy to listen in. Here is the plan.
1: Right. We don't hear the plan, but we Robin now, was earlier saying, I don't know what the plan is. Now we know that she's been told the plan. Batman didn't want to tell her the plan because he knew Superman would hear it. So whatever this plan is, it's secretive. It's only in Batman's head and now Robin. So Batman and Superman are punching each other. Yeah. Um, He's not punching Bruce. Uh, ba- Superman does not punch him in the head, which would kill him.
0: Right. Um uh, Superman punches him in the gut, Bruce. I just broke three of your ribs. Um uh, Batman is being hit pretty hard here despite all the damage he's done to Superman. Yeah. But
1: meanwhile, but Batman thinks of himself as winning, right? because he goes wrist crushed, ribs moving with a life of their own. and Clark just broke a sweat. <laughs> like he's thinking that like as a win. Yeah, I guess it is. yeah. if Oliver doesn't screw up, yeah, um, here comes the star of the book, Oliver, Oliver Queen. Queen.
0: But he's having trouble. The army is sort of interfering with him. He's on a chimney with a... with an. We don't know what he's up to in this plan, but the army, who is not interfering with Superman or Batman, seems to want to take Oliver Queen out. They've probably been told to take everybody away.
1: Yeah, anybody else are allowed to take out. Uh, Oliver gets shot in, like, the leg, it looks like. Yep. Maybe also in the back. He takes a few hits, basically. He's not in good shape. Um, While Batman... this is going on, Batman spits, like, acid into <laughs> Superman's face. <laughs>
0: It also takes out some other chemical that does some little explosion. It seems to piss off Superman. Uh, Oliver Queen hangs from the bottom of a fire escape with his legs upside down, pulls back the arrow with his teeth. We Mm -hmm. see the arrow. It's got a green glowing tip. And uh, fans of Superman know what that means. That That is kryptonite. It's kryptonite. And so kryptonite hits Superman. Will's
1: kryptonite is any rock.
0: Any rock hurts me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You throw a bu- bunch of quartz at me and I crumble like a yeah, dove. Yeah,
1: you turned weak, weak. Um, yes, Batman's narration here is very fun, too. Also, very a lot, so many lines are famous. It's easy to synthesize. It wasn't easy to synthesize, Clark. Took years and it cost a fortune. Luckily, I had both. <laughs> so he made some kryptonite. Yeah. Um,
0: Oliver Queen is ready to get captured. Now that he's fired the arrow, come and get me, you sons of what? Eyes downside, Spud. Figure we got all week. Robin has rescued Oliver Queen. Right. That's slang for we don't have time. Yeah. Um, Superman is weakened now, and Bruce is successfully beating the crap out of the
1: kryptonite-filled Clark Kent. Right. But Superman's main concern here is his his friend Bruce Wayne. Bruce, your heart. And then. Bruce's narration. You're beginning
0: to get the idea, Clark. This is the end for both of us.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the tank with Robin and Oliver Queen escapes, falls to the ground into a hole, Batmobile, into a water main. The
1: Batmobile, not a tank. Uh,
0: sorry. And the Batmobile gets away. Uh, we, can, we, can, we go back now to the climactic, the end of the climactic battle, Batman versus Superman. Batman's thinking we could have changed the world. Now look at us. I've become a political liability, and you, you're a joke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he puts his spiked boot on Superman's chin. <laughs> Looks brutal, bleeding. Superman is taking a beating. I want you to remember, Clark, in all the years to come, in your most private moments. I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man who beat you. <laughs> and then his heart stops. I mean, it's a little Lex Luthory. I mean, it's
0: sort of nuts that Frank Miller's idea is this will be the ending of the story. Um you know, Bruce Wayne relishing in beating up Superman. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, Superman is not enjoying hurting Bruce. Yeah, He could have taken Bruce down a number of times much and easier. And in here, he's holding back from he's like re- really hurting him. Superman always holds back. Yeah. Bruce doesn't hold back at all. He no, seems no. to
1: love it. And he like, he wants to just prove he's better than Superman. It is like very Lex Luthor who wants to prove that he's yeah, better than Yeah, It's very him. ego and pride driven. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Batman has a heart attack. And dies. The end. Uh, so that's the end of the story. I stopped reading at that point. Me too. I like, don't know Batman's what happened. Dead. Yeah, I don't so need to read anymore. That's, I was only reading it for Batman.
0: Thank you for listening. Um, uh, no, there is like three pages left. So Superman <laughs> is holding pages. Bruce's... Not what, much. What we think is Bruce's body. Yeah. And he's he looks devastated.
1: The clock strikes 12, which we heard midnight. A good death is what Batman and was. A grand death. A grand death. Uh, at that same time... Uh, the uh, Wayne Manor explodes and burns down, and Alfred has a heart attack and dies at the. He at, dies with Wayne Manor. Yeah, how utterly proper Alfred thinks to himself. Um,
0: Superman is cradling Bruce's body. He looks up at we don't see who probably the army soldiers approaching and says, "Don't touch him."
1: Yeah, Superman is a good guy to the end. He, uh, Superman thinks he is a joke. Or uh, Batman thinks Superman is a joke. Uh, Superman is a really good guy. He is noble this. to the end. I kind of nice... like, I, I like
0: that Frank Miller did that. Frank yeah. Miller, we see what Batman thinks of Superman, but we're, yeah. we also see what yeah. Superman sort of is. Like there is, is an
1: aspect to him where he is um, caved in some of his. Uh, uh, integrity. Integrity. But we're also saying just a Superman who is a really good person. Yes. And so that's why he caved in his integrity because he's too good. Yeah. To worry about such we things. We cut
0: to Bruce Wayne's funeral.
1: Yeah. Not that many people at the funeral of the richest man in Gotham. And also now known as Batman. It's The news now is figured out. Batman and Bruce Wayne are one and the same. We finally solved the mystery. Yeah. Um, he's dead. Um, we see a
0: lot of our other characters we've seen throughout the story at the funeral. Clark Kent is here. Mm-hmm. Selina Kyle, Catwoman, is here. Mm-hmm. Commissioner James Gordon is Star here. Start of the book. Um, Oliver Queen didn't show. Uh, we The news is going over kind of what happened. All of his assets and stocks have been liquidated but are missing and are missing um
1: the funeral sort of disperses Clark Kent is walking away but Superman can also hear or he can hear what everyone is saying and someone he can hear people saying can't believe he had the nerve to come here like he came to this funeral uh, and knowing like he's he killed him and Superman feels like he killed him yeah uh, everyone thinks Superman killed him but he still had to go to his friend's funeral Good guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then as he's walking away from the grave, we see the image of a sort of a heartbeat monitor starting. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a woman in black with a face veil. This
1: is Carrie Kelly in disguise. Yeah. Um, Superman turns around when he when he, when the tiny heartbeat kicks in.
0: Yep. He lo- looks at Carrie Kelly in disguise, sort of rubs his chin like, what's going on? This heartbeat starts and he gives her a wink. He yeah. knows what's
1: up, but he's not going to say anything. I am... One hundred percent certain. When I read the story the first time, I didn't know what that sequence was. I think he like looked at her and goes, "Oh, that's Robin," and winked at her because like I know who you are. Yeah. I don't think he. I got that he was hearing the heartbeat. Well, why don't you say what is happening? Superman is hearing that Batman's heartbeat is starting again. He realizes that Batman tricked him and yeah. did not die. Yeah. And he is okay with that.
0: Yeah, he's faked his deaths to get to get the media and the government off his back.
1: Yeah. Superman doesn't, never wanted to capture Batman. He yeah. even said earlier on, like, you're, you're doing this, you're making, you're mi- forcing my hand. Yeah. Ba- Superman kind of wanted Batman to do this. Like, if you're going to do this, do this subtle, do this quiet. Uh, and now Superman is finally listening to Superman, the star of the book, Superman.
0: And it's revealed in captions what has happened here. It's Bruce's thoughts. Right. My timing wasn't quite precise enough. Clark heard. That was the first thing Robin told me when she dug me up. Not that it mattered. He'd have guessed sooner or later. He knows how good I am with chemicals. I was counting on what Oliver said. And with the wink, Clark proved Oliver
1: right. Right. Uh, it's it's really because like, Oliver made a big speech about how like no one was hunting him. Oliver Queen is doing the same sort of thing, but no one's hunting him because he was doing it quiet. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also, um, I, I love this sequence, obviously. It's very, very cool. Um, I forget what I was going to say. In the, in the animated series, you get a glimpse of the shovel that uh, Carrie Kelly has. It's a very cool little shot in mm. the cartoon. The last page. Love the wink.
0: I love the wink, too. It's another example of Miller using sort of a stereotypical trope of his characters, but kind of giving it a new context. Mm-hmm.
1: And also Superman is smiling in that. He's happy. Yeah. He was sad that Batman was dead. He's happy to know his friend is alive still. Yeah, He doesn't care that he got tricked. It's also, this is why Robin couldn't be told the plan. They had to trick Superman. Yeah. So they, Superman couldn't know that Batman was faking his death. Yeah. It needed to be convincing that Superman believed Batman was dead. That convinces the world that Batman is dead. Right. It really worked out great. Uh, last two pages.
0: Last page. Oh, last page. Woo. Here it is. So it's Bruce Wayne, no longer in his Batman costume, leading a bunch of mutants and children of the Batman people into the Batcave.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and Robin and Oliver Queen.
0: Yeah, and he's like, uh, "Do we see Oliver Queen?" Yeah, shadows. Yep, there we go. Yeah, um, for, so he's like laying out blueprints. You know, put a lamp up over there first. We get a steady supply of water. There's a spring, spring right beneath. Robin, sit up straight. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. And he's like,
1: uh, "We should read this whole ending."
0: Okay. So he'll leave me alone now. In return, I'll stay quiet. So will Robin and the rest. And then the speech balloon. See there, that ledge. Get a lamp up there, right, boss. Careful with that. Right, all set, boss. Lights go on. Good, now gather round. We haven't got all night, boy. That's not true. We have years. As many as we need. And these barking orders that I read before, we'll get a steady supply of water. There's a spring right beneath. Robin, sit up straight. Yes, sir.
1: And then the ending of the book. Why don't you read it? Years to train and study and plan. Here in the endless cave, far past the burnt remains of a crime fighter whose time has passed. It begins here an army to bring sense to a world plagued by worse than thieves and murderers. This will be a good life. Good enough. Oh man. Uh, And it's a really great switch from him like looking for a good death. That's what he'd been looking for for most of this book. He'd been looking for a good death and and eventually a grand death is what he says at the end. But when a grand death is actually a good life. Now he wants to be alive and continue doing this. Yeah. So really this is a book about a character who had like a death wish. Yeah. And kind of, Found hope. Found found his way through that. Uh, It's a a great ending to know, like, Batman is still going to be protecting Gotham, just quietly. I mean, just what a good
0: story to find a reason to amp everything up to a million, have all these crazy epic fights, kill the Joker, kill Alfred, and get the death of Bruce Wayne, but really earn Mm -hmm. the, no, he's just, he has retired being Batman directly.
1: Right, but he's still Batman. Yeah, but But instead of prowling the
0: streets, it looks like he's going to be training an army.
1: He's not going to be in costume going up. Like, he's going to be using this gang to do it for him. They're going to be his arms and muscles and legs and Robin. Uh, It's a really great ending. it, It really is like, oh, you can sort of just see the future of Gotham City from here. You kind of know where this story goes from here. It is a really great ending that even though it doesn't, like, end the story, it ends the story you care about. Like, everything else is sort of set. It's really cool. I say it's a good comic. It's a very good comic. Frank Miller has since gone on to do a couple sequels. Right. Uh, Dark Knight Strikes Back is one of them. I can't remember the other one. One, well, There was one scripted by Brian Israelio. Um, I think, I don't know, Frank Miller did just one or he did two and then there's also the Brian Israelio one. Anyway, yeah. they I've only read them once. I did not reread them for this podcast. I refuse to reread them. They're just bombastic and insane. They deal a lot with like Superman and Wonder Woman's Daughter. I think, is like an evil superwoman. Okay. Um, Robin is like, you know, leading the army with Batman on his side. It sort of kind of undoes the coolness of this ending in a lot of ways. Like this ending is like cool. It's quiet. And he's going to be fighting crime in this cool way. Like he's, he's like back on the streets dealing with like Atlantis rising and huge armies of monsters. It's too much. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's insane. Some people might love it. It just feels like. If this book didn't exist, it might be like, oh, I'd read this. And it's like, oh, this is like a bonkers fun Elseworld. But because it's built on the back of this story, I'm like, it just feels silly and dumb.
0: Right. Uh, the Dark Knight Strikes Again, and then The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race.
1: Yeah, that's the one that Brian Israelio... Yeah,
0: and then there was a one-shot 64-page thing called The Dark Knight Returns, The Last Crusade.
1: I might have read that. Uh, there's one thing I read um, that he, Frank Miller, wrote and somebody else drew. It's pretty good. <laughs> but it's good in the, this bonkers world you almost have to pretend those books are a separate reality from this book yeah like this is an elseworlds tale for all intents and purposes it's not in continuity batman right even though it's the future it's a great story and then it splinters another story that frank miller also did but normally if like the main creator did it you'd be like oh this counts yeah you know empire strikes back counts george lucas made that right right um but like it'd be like saying like "Eh, i don't count the prequels Right, which is what I I personally don't like thinking about the prequels. I don't enjoy them. So I'm the same thing with these Dark Knight sequels that I don't enjoy. I'm like, okay, I don't count those. They haven't they haven't made the impact. They certainly haven't made the impact. They sold well. That's why they keep doing them. It when fandom gets mad about like a bad sequel or like somebody else writing a sequel yeah. or like a bad movie, like the, oh you've ruined Star Wars with these prequels, mm-hmm, like a thing mm-hmm. you hear, or like Last Jedi ruined Force Awakens for people who didn't like it. Uh, to me, I'm just sort of like. I ignore the ones I don't like and remember the ones I like. Yeah, me too. Regardless of who did them. Yeah. Like uh George's get did the prequels, but I pretty much ignore the I prequels. I ignore them. And there's like Star Wars novels. There's like um by Timothy Zahn that are really good. Yeah. That were like some of the earliest novels based in the Star Wars universe. I love those books. They were really fun. Then there's like more books in that same universe that I didn't like and I stopped reading them. Yeah. Like, well, those didn't happen for me. But the Zahn ones count. Even yeah. Even though those contradict the new sequels i'm like ah, oh, what counts is what i liked so in this in that aspect dark knight return counts everything else Frank miller did in this universe does not count uh, but it's great it's really fun this is i don't know i've read this book a hundred times i had not read it in a while it's been a long time since i last read it yeah. it used to be one of these books that i would read every year yeah but now that there's so many more collections and there's just so many good comics that I just haven't gotten around to reading it for a while, so I'm glad to have had the excuse to reread it again, which yeah. I did uh, a few days ago, and then I rewatched the movie. Um,
0: I wonder how uh, much it's the editors so fun to read. You got the editors Denny O'Neill and, and Dick Giordano. I wonder how much they had to do with the quality of this.
1: I bet not much. I, I mean, bet they were a sounding board. Frank Miller was so good back then that I can't I can't imagine Frank Miller's coming and being like, hey, can I do this? That they were like, no. Danny had a
0: ton of experience with Batman and in general,
1: and with Frank, like he was doing Daredevil when yeah, Frank came. They're probably friends. Um, I'm sure they get along. I'm sure he read it and gave feedback, and Frank Miller could choose to use or ignore that. I mm-hmm. just can't imagine this book having someone come down and be like. Nah, you gotta you gotta kill Bruce Wayne. You gotta have Two Face in there. Work Two Face in. <laughs> I just don't think that happened, right? I think it was all up to Frank. It might have been like a, a version of this. Like, there's a draft in the back of my 10th anniversary that is like an 80 page thing. They might have said like, expand this. There's yeah. too much story for this. We'll give you as many pages as you need. Yeah. How about four volumes, 40 pages each, or whatever it ended up being. Yeah. That might have been a discussion, right? Uh, maybe there was a discussion being like. Hey, you should consider putting someone other than the Joker in. Maybe Two-Face. Maybe Penguin. Oh, yeah. Maybe I will use Two-Face. But I got to imagine it was more conversational than Edict. Because this has no impact on the Batman character that they were publishing. If this was bad... You just wipe it under the table and keep going. Yeah. It's just a a mini-series that wouldn't sell. They they spent a little too much on binding well. Yeah. And they're like, well, we won't bind things well again. That was... You know, we won't use that format for a while. Yeah. It didn't work. And the Batman comics would continue and be fine like they were already getting better and better as it was instead it was a huge huge hit yeah and they probably were like do something else with us Frank Miller which has led to year one right so I, I don't know I, Denny O'Neill great he was he ushered Batman back into a, he was the editor when Batman became really cool again mm-hmm. deserves a lot of credit a lot of credit um but I think he was probably I don't think he would take a ton of credit for this book other than being smart enough to say yes
0: yeah um well, I really I really love it, and it remains special to me. There are times when I can look at it from a certain angle and see it being seen as really silly and bombastic and mm-hmm. sort of nuts. Those things are in there. Yeah. But I, I think on balance, it is. it casts a spell really well, and if, if you give over to it, and I don't think it's hard to give over to it, it's like one of the
1: most amazing rides. This style of book, like the future noir, dark, gritty version of a, character in his prime has almost become like a little trope that they do frequently. Mm-hmm. I think it works. Maybe it's because it was the first one, but it works so perfectly with Batman. Yeah. Uh, I know they tried to do it with Spider-Man in a book called Spider-Man Reign that I really, really did not like. Yeah. It just doesn't work for Spider-Man. I don't want to see Spider-Man beaten up and. Right. Uh, uh, He's too joyful. And miserable and sort of like at the bo- at his bottom. It's like, ah, that's not who Spider-Man is. spider Man's a person who like struggles and but he struggles with like common problems. He he doesn't hit he doesn't hit uh, uh, the bottom. He doesn't hit the bottom. Batman can hit the bottom and, and carry himself back up. It fits Batman. Because Batman beats himself up and puts too much of his weight on his shoulders and isn't crazy person. So it really works well for Batman. Um, yeah, it's really good. If you stayed away from it because of it's violent or because of gritty superheroes. It is a gritty superhero comic. That's There's no question of that. Yeah. But it's uh, the good one of those. The yeah. reason there's so many of them and, th- and it's hard to ever get away from that is because when it's done well, it's great. It's so fun. Um, and comic books are a violent thing. Superhero mm-hmm. comics are a violent thing. They're, it's about Punch Hitler and the Punching. They're about punching and uh, testosterone and everyone's beautiful and huge. They're, it's rooted in violence, so it makes sense that it would do well in a very violent type of comic like this. I and mean, the Grim and Gritty works well with superheroes for that reason. Other things are a tougher fit, I think, They can also be done well. So it makes sense that this could be done so, so well. And hopefully, if you haven't tried it, you are going to try it. I don't know if it's on the DC—I um, think it's called DC Infinite or something. I forget what it's called now. The the basically, the DC thing. Unlimited. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a member of it currently. Uh, the DC Universe app, though. If it's on there, definitely read that. Um, there's tons of collections of these. I'm sure it's at your library. Yep. I, I mean, read this if you haven't read it.
0: Yeah, if you're a superhero fan, I I don't know. Uh, we I, want I, we want to hear from If you I, have not read this and you just read it now, we want to hear from you.
1: I can't. I don't push this as hard as I do Batman Year One, which I basically just say, like, everyone should try that. Yeah. Batman Year One's a much easier read. Um, this is, like, a step behind that. It's like, all right. You probably should read this. You might not like this one. I think you'll love year one. You might not love this one, but you got to try it.
0: This is much more difficult. Yeah. Denser and tons more text. A lot to sort through. This is
1: not sit on your toilet and finish in 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 one crap. This is sit on your couch and read for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's still a comic book. It won't take you. It's not Moby Dick. Right. But read it. Give it the time. Give it the attention it deserves.
0: If you read it, let us know what you think. We are ScrewItComics at Gmail. Mm-hmm. We have a Twitter account, ScrewItComics, and an Instagram account, ScrewItComics. Yep. So um, we would really love to hear it. And if you'd already read it and you love it like us, we want to hear from you. If you'd already read it and you didn't like it, we'd like to hear that too. So we're, so
1: let us know. We're recording these way in advance. We don't know what's coming up next. <laughs> we have no idea. We don't know when this will be released. We don't so know what's we, going on in the world right yeah, now. Um, yeah. Hopefully there's still podcasts. <laughs> yeah. We'll be oh, egg on our face if by the time we're ready to release these podcasts cease to exist.
0: We'll do something with them. Okay. Come, to
1: to our back, come to my USB
0: address. Come to my backyard. We'll play them for you. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Just about comics.
1: I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network.
0: Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about
1: being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrow's will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding
0: us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing.
1: No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have, like, a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. I'm balder than it. you. You are balder <laughs> than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire.